praise God for Life Church. Amen. Life Church. Amen. You guys are a life house. Amen. And a lighthouse to Boise and beyond. Amen. Hallelujah. I speak that out. That just came in my spirit as I was down there. Pastor Mark came up. And when it gets in my spirit, I release it. Amen. You're a life house and a lighthouse. Amen. To Boise and beyond. Amen. In 2014 and beyond. Amen. Hallelujah. It's the truth. Amen. Whether you believe it or not. I know you do though. Praise God. Um, what was I going to say? Well, there was something funny I had on my mind. Oh, no. It just reminds me when he said he's not too tall. It reminded me, literally, honestly, of a prophecy that I received back in, huh, like 19, it, it was either the fall of 87 or the fall of 88. Amen. I was born again in 1975. Amen. So that's almost 39, coming up on 39 years, June of 1975. I was born again, uh... While I was still in my mother's way. <laughs> Amen. No, the truth of it is, I was 12 years old. Amen. So now you know how young I am. Praise God. So, um, but then I wasn't, didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost until April 20, 1987. Hallelujah. After a full day of festivities, believe it or not, at Disneyland. Amen. Hallelujah. I was at Disneyland with a buddy of mine, and uh, he was the one who released the baptism into my life that night. Uh, we came home from Disneyland. Of course, I was ready to receive. You know, I was hungry, and uh, he'd had the baptism. And actually, see, we were both, the funny thing about it is, is that we were both part of a Southern Baptist church at the time. Amen. So we were in a Southern Baptist assembly and he'd already received a baptism and I'm about to receive it. Amen. So when we got home at around uh, midnight that night in Burbank, California, in front of uh, his apartment, uh, he said, OK, are you ready now? And I said, glory to God. So he laid his in the car and he laid his hand on me at about 1 a.m. in Burbank, California, in the car, laid his hand on me. The glory of God filled the car. I got filled to overflowing. And you know what? The funny thing is, we couldn't get out of that car until 5 a.m. Hallelujah. <laughs> Honestly, every time we were just laughing, hilarity, you know. And every time that the laughter would, you know, die down and we'd kind of, you know, uh, get a whole, uh, uh, compose ourselves, uh, we'd try to get out the door. Okay, let's go. And we'd open the door. And the second we'd open the door, we'd start laughing hysterically again. Amen. And so being one, two, three in the morning, lots of neighbors around, we just shut ourselves in that car. Hallelujah. Amen. So, um, but soon after that, I went to my first charismatic church. And actually it was, um, it was a word of faith church. It was, uh, anyway, so there's a prophet in that church. Uh, he became a close friend of mine. His name was Dennis Tenorino. He's actually with the Lord now. But uh, he's a prophet. He received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Brother Hagen's office in 1979. And um, he had been a four-time Mr. Universe. Had quite a testimony. 
tremendous. And he's a very close friend of mine. Anyway, but I didn't hardly know him at the time. I just met him. It was all supernatural. I mean, you know, I'm telling you, I'm going to write a book soon. Amen. Amen. God, my father and my friend. Amen. I'm starting to work on the notes of it because honestly speaking, the Lord is just, he's been too good to me, really. I don't deserve what the Lord has done to me. And uh, neither do you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but you know, he is who he is. And that's the whole thing about grace and the gospel is that we didn't deserve it. What we deserved, we didn't get. And what we didn't deserve, we got. And, um, but the Lord is, really, my life is a supernatural testimony to the glory, the grace, the power of God. It really is. And so, um, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And then I'm in my word, like day and night, honestly speaking, for, for a number of months there, because I was young, I didn't have a family, not much responsibility. I just worked a job at a restaurant. So all my free time, I was in the Word sometimes 12, 14, 16 hours a day. And in the presence of God the whole time. And the Lord was working out this calling in me. And so I'm ready uh, to meet some people that I'm reading about in the book of Acts, you know, and in the Gospels. And I'm like, Lord, I don't see this, but I want to be in it. I want to see it. Amen. How about you? Any of you ever felt that way? Lord, I want this thing right here, the reality of it. And um, so I happened to be watching TBN one night, the Praise the Lord program. And on comes this big, massive guy and uh, with a thick Italian, New York Italian accent. And he comes on as a guest and he's just speaking the word and he's prophesying. And he even apologized to the host and said, brother, I'm sorry. Uh, forgive me, brother, but I, I can't help it. I'm, ever since I received Jesus and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I'm a word man. I'm, it's just the word, the word, the word. It just flows out of me. I can't help it, brother. Please forgive. And the guy was like, it's okay, brother. It's all right. You know? And uh, anyway, I was thinking in my heart, wow, that's the real deal. That's the kind of thing I see in the book of Acts. That's the kind of person I want to meet and get around. But I just figured this guy must be from New York, which he was from New York. But I just figured, and I'm living in Southern California, so I didn't think much of it. Well, the next week, lo and behold, I'm working in my restaurant and I'm working a shift that I wasn't scheduled to work, but I came in to cover for someone else. And at the end of the shift, literally, when the time I'm punching the card out, I hear a big voice in the lobby. And he's laughing, and he's talking, and he's loud. And I looked, and I'm thinking, I know that voice. But I looked around, and it was that man that I saw on TV. And I went running out there in my uniform. I mean, I was, I didn't even remember where I was. I ran out there and I grabbed him and turned him around and said, Brother, glory to God. I mean, I'm yelling, you know. <laughs> I just saw you on TV last week and I was talking about meeting you and blah. You know, and he started laughing. Oh, 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 oh. He said, all right, brother, all right. I tell you what, brother, I'm here for you today. Amen. Holy Ghost sent me here for you today because we got a divine appointment, brother. We got a divine appointment. And I was just like, and he hugged me, big hug. And I was like, wow, what's a divine appointment? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> but uh, I found out, amen, 
And so it was through him that the Lord began to impart the Spirit, the manifestation, the gifts of the Spirit, impart into my life. And he took me to a church that was uh, uh, pastored by a man who had been under Brother Hagen and whose daughter had actually graduated from Ramah. So the first Sunday I came, I came into the church. See, I'm getting back around to my whole point of what I was talking about being short. Amen. So uh, it's God's gift. Amen to me. So, um, <laughs> so I went into that church on Sunday. And at the end of the service, the pastor asked Brother Dennis, Brother Dennis, do you have anything for anybody? You got anything from the Spirit? And he said, yeah, yeah, I do, I do. And so he came up. And uh, he calls me out. He says, Brother Frank, come up here. The Lord wants to minister to you. Come up here. And um, he laid hands on me and prophesied as the first time I ever went down under the power of the Holy Ghost. And uh, I went down and tears are streaming down my face. And he prophesied over me for 38 minutes. Hallelujah. I mean, he prophesied about the past. He prophesied about then. And he went so far down into the future that there's still a few things. 1987. A few things that still are in progress. I mean, he he was flowing. But one thing he said was this. I'll never forget it. First off, he said this too. He said, you're going to be called, you know, one of these Rhema people. You're going to be... You know, so on and so forth, persecution. You're going to be called one of these Hagen people, one of these Copeland people. And I didn't even know who they were. I'd never heard of them. I was like, who are they? You know? And then, uh, but then he prophesied, and as I'm down on the ground, and he said, You're called to many nations. You're going to stand before kings, and you're going to stand before dignitaries, blah, blah, blah. But, but it's good. It's all true. Praise God. Things have happened. But he said, And they're going to say, when they see you and hear you, they're going to say, Who is this man, small in stature? But when he speaks, fire comes out of his mouth. Hallelujah. Amen. And and, and then he went on to say, and they're going to be pricked in their hearts. And they're going to say, what must I do to be saved? You know, because of the prophetic power of the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, hallelujah. So I'm small in stature, but fire comes out from me. Amen. That comes from the glory of God. And it's all just by the grace of the, of the, of the gift of the grace of Christ in my life. Amen. That's all. Amen. And all of you also are gifted and graced. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4 doesn't just talk about the fivefold ministry. It talks about all of us. Amen. It says in Ephesians 4, 7, For we have all received gifts, amen, according a uh, grace. I mean, we've all received grace according to the measure of Christ's gift, amen? Hallelujah. And the gift of Christ is the glory of God in your life, amen? The very glory of God, the outshining. It's so good. I, I love when God begins to speak like that. And I love when that happens in the right time like it was because I knew it was supposed to be for right then, not when I came up here now because it was in the flow of the Holy Ghost. And I, and, and so now my sermon, my message is preached. Hallelujah. Amen. The Holy Ghost did it. Hallelujah. And now I can just have fun up here. Amen. With you. Amen. And then maybe lay hands on a few of you. Slap a few of you down today. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, no. Amen. Hallelujah. But um, 
So that's what we're about. Amen. And then he goes on to talk about the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers. Why? For the equipping, the arming of the saints, the body of Christ, for their work of the ministry. Amen. Because we are all ambassadors for Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Pleading with every man. Be reconciled to the Lord. Amen. That's our message. We've been given the word of reconciliation. The message of reconciliation. That God is no longer counting your sins against you. That God is not angry. Up in heaven. Just sending down judgment after judgment after judgment. I mean, that's the whole problem with the spirit of religion in the world today. Is that it preaches darkness and judgment and gloom and doom for all people. Amen. And it's not preaching the gospel message. The grace of Christ. Amen. God literally in Christ forgave all people of every sin that was ever committed. And the only thing keeping people down in their sin is their ignorance of the truth and their, and their, or their uh, decision not to receive that which has already been given to them. Amen? But you and I have been gifted, have been called have been chosen, have been anointed. That's what the Spirit of God was saying for such a time as this, in this hour. Amen. And you have a message of the story of His glory in your life. All you have to do is be bold and don't don't fear anything, but be bold and share the good news and the message of the glory of Christ in your own heart and life because that translates. There's an anointing on your message. Amen. There's the power of God on your life to release people. Amen. And bring them into the light. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, that's what we're doing. My call is to go and our call, my wife and I. My wife is a missionary also. I mean, even before I ever met her. And we're going to show some pictures in a minute. And I hope... They have the picture of my wife, a recent picture earlier this year in May. We were a month in Nigeria and uh, the Nigerians braided my wife's hair and my daughter's hair, you know, like their hair. And so they were for about about two and a half weeks. They had their hair braided and they were beautiful and it was awesome, but they weren't allowed to wash their hair, you know. And so after about two and a half weeks, I started smelling something. Amen. <laughs> And uh, it wasn't the glory, amen. So I said, "Honey, we got to get the we got to get the braids out now, amen." Hallelujah. So, uh, hallelujah. But um, so I met my wife as I was traveling through India. My wife, many people think she's a Filipina because we live in the Philippines now. Uh, but my wife is actually a Naga. She's from the, the, a place in, in India, a state up in the northeast corner of India that borders Burma and it borders uh, Tibet uh, with one little small place of India in between there and Tibet. But um, it's up there and uh, she's from a place called Nagaland. Amen. And she speaks Naga. Praise God. And uh, talk about a language that, wow, you need Holy Ghost help to learn that one. Amen. Whoa. 
Their tongue is in all kinds of crazy positions as they're speaking. Amen. But uh, anyway, she's from there, and so she's Asian, and she, her descendancy is from Mongolia and China. But she blends right in with the Filipinos, and all the Filipinos speak the language to her because they just assume she is Filipina. But anyway, we've been traveling the globe. The Lord, you know, called me to a worldwide ministry at the very moment I was born again as a 12-year-old boy. I'm not going to go through my testimony this service. I'm not led to go that way. If you'd like to hear it, uh, I'm sure it'll be available on the on the message from uh, at the 9 o'clock service. It's quite amazing. It's very glorious. Uh, I'll just tell you to say this, that when I was born again, I was literally born up as I was caught up into the very presence of, of Jesus and His glory. And I received a visitation from the Lord, but I was caught up to Him. He did not come here to me in a vision, but I was caught up like the Apostle Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 12. And so I had an experience with the Lord and the literal outshining of His glory is what I saw and what came to me and I was born again and set free and he called me to a future worldwide ministry which it took of course a number of years to come into and so now we've been able to travel um, to almost every continent we haven't been to Australia yet uh, but we've been about everywhere else and um, and we've been preaching the gospel. Our, basically, our, our, our mission is simple, to go to the ends of the earth until the end of the age. It's like Acts 13, 47 says, For so the Lord has commanded you. This was Paul's calling, and this is my calling. The Lord literally gave me that scripture. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And so the Lord calls us to a lot of far away, out of the way places. Amen. I've been up in the mountains of Venezuela where I thought, wow, you can't get any further out than this. Uh, we literally had to hike three, four days up in the mountains of Venezuela to get to Indian tribes that are somehow, I don't even know. I asked God when I'm there, how do these people even get here? Why is anyone living here, God? Amen. Because they're on the top of a mountain about the size of two football fields. And that's their home. That's, that's it. But they farm down. They go down into mountain valleys and farm. But anyway, God has blessed us and carried us and taken us and so we, we, we just simply preach the gospel and make disciples. We do both. That's really the Great Commission. Uh, Mark 16 and Matthew 28 together is the Great Commission. Preach the gospel to all the world and make disciples, followers of all nations. And so that's what we've been doing. And in the Philippines, I've been going, either going there or living there uh, for the last 15 years. And... Uh, We've literally seen uh, thousands of Muslims come to the Lord Jesus Christ down in the most southern island of Mindanao in the Philippines, which is where we live now. Uh, the Lord sent us because He spoke to us in 2004 and said, I'm giving you the Muslims of Mindanao. And so we began to go there and just by the miraculous power of the Spirit, the revelation of the Spirit, we've been able to get into these places and uh, the Lord has kept us safe and free from all harm uh, because the Lord told me when I was born again, uh, you will never die. And that's uh, a whole story. I'm not going there right now. But that's right in Scripture, John 11:26. If you want to read it, Jesus said, we'll never die. And so um, 
So the Lord showed me that so that I would have the confidence, the faith, the boldness, and the absence of fear to be able to go to the places we've been going for the last uh, 15 years. And um, so we've seen Muslims, we've planted a lot of churches over, not just in Muslim territory, but other parts. And uh, we've got about 20 churches that we, that we have personally planted. And then outside of our freedom festivals, which are our open-air gospel miracle meetings that we preach in different countries, we call them freedom festivals. That's the name that the Lord gave us to uh, name those with. And um, we've seen, uh, we've been able to plant some churches. But then outside of what we've done, uh, we've heard that uh, many, many more churches have been planted uh, as a result, and then other existing churches have been blessed and grown. And so, uh, all glory to God, and we've just seen about everything you can see, including different types of food. Amen. I was telling Pastor Mark and Amy last night that uh, one time, and this is just one thing, uh, one time I was fed on a Saturday evening uh, for dinner, I was at a church to to preach their church anniversary for a church that we had begun. And uh, we were doing their seventh anniversary, I think. And uh, the pastor on Saturday night when we arrived served me baby goat head soup. Amen. And with the little baby goat head smiling at me when I got to the dinner table because his two front teeth were perched over the edge of the bowl so that his head was above the broth. Amen. I guess they thought maybe he was still breathing and didn't want to drown him. Hallelujah. But uh, so, and then the next day, uh, as a snack, as a follow-up to the goat head soup, they made us a big pot in some nasty sauce full of pig tripe. Amen. Or pig intestines. Hallelujah. Amen. And I got to tell you, I didn't really partake of that. Amen. But uh, and I was glad not to, because, you know, whenever anyone offers me that kind of food, you know, uh, that might kill you, uh, I always tell them, well, I got scripture for this. The Bible says that Jesus already tasted death for me. Amen. (laughs) So, amen. I don't have to taste that. Praise God. Amen. So the Lord is good. Amen. Hallelujah. But I do want to minister to you um, for a few minutes out of a few scriptures. And then really I want to pray for some people this morning. And there'll be uh, one thing, I, one, one group of people I'd like to pray for. Maybe I shouldn't even mention it now. We'll see how the Spirit flows. But for people who have been experiencing turmoil, trouble in your soul, maybe even in your body, but I sense more on this call, more for a soulish in your mind, your emotions, woundedness, uh, hurt, rejection, trouble, persecution. And the Lord wants to infuse and release a a dynamic uh, strength, amen, for the year 2014. He wants to to literally launch you. He wants to take you uh, out of that thing that's come against you, whether it be soulish or spiritual, demonic in nature, uh, or people, and and you've become weary in well-doing maybe. There's a weariness and and there's a sense and and, and turmoil. Maybe even a... uh, uh, 
depression or hopelessness coming against you regarding things in life, your family, your call, your ministry, your work, what God has promised you. And uh, the Lord wants to literally infuse His dunamis power and, and, and internal strength, amen, according to His glorious power, amen. And uh, in that, there'll be great peace. There'll be a manifestation of the very presence of His peace in this place this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, peace like, like a, like a, like a absolute river, uh, a tranquility of His presence, a stillness of His presence that literally will, will add years to your life in the presence of His peace. It will heal every, everything broken inside because literally the peace of God literally uh, causes everything to be made at one again. That's what it literally means. Peace is to cause that which is fractured or torn apart or split or broken to be brought back into absolute oneness and wholeness. Amen. By Him. Because He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. And so we are never to be separated from the Lord. Amen. So did you show any of those pictures or no? Maybe they're not up. You can't, you can't get them or... Huh? Can you put those pictures on real quickly, guys? One. So just to show you briefly, these aren't all our pictures or even the best ones. Uh, those are kind of on the desktop back at home. But these are a few that I had on the iPad. So this is just a scene from what we call the... Actually, we call it the Freedom Festival of Mindanao. And we saw there uh, in the matter of uh, four nights uh, there, we saw... Like it says, 25,800 decisions for Jesus. Amen. People actually coming up, praying, first time prayers, filling out, of course, the decision cards and then all of that and great, great, tremendous healings. <clears throat> this is in the nation of Pakistan uh, where I'll be going again in February. Uh, my heart really burns and bleeds for the Pakistani people and especially the, the Christians, the believers there. Uh, this was a meeting a couple of years ago. And you could see if you look at the, at the you know, ignore the, 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 you know, the funny genie hat that I'm wearing. Amen. <laughs> and, but it was fun. Uh, but look at, look at some of the faces there that you can see. The glory of God just filled that place that night. And there was probably about, you can't see it all. It was big. There were about 5,000 people in there. A mixture of believers and Muslims alike both in these meetings and the Lord, his glory was so resplendent and powerful. It literally, the countenance of everybody was just beaming with the glory of Christ. And so many miracles took place during those meetings. And we had on that trip, we had uh, about 3000 Muslims actually come up and confess faith openly in Jesus, which is a big Big, big deal for Pakistanis. Amen. Because they are at the very least ostracized, uh, removed, kicked out of their homes and their families, uh, or they're hunted down literally to be stalked and killed if possible. Major persecution happening in the land of Pakistan. And so my heart yearns for the people. So we bring the power and authority and the word of faith to these people, our, our brothers and sisters, to build them up. So... There's my wife in Africa, amen. Her hair is usually straight. Uh, she's got really beautiful hair, uh, black, straight, thick hair. 
but they had uh, braided it all up there. But there she is in one of the churches. Uh, she was up there speaking before I was coming up. So anyway, she, you can see how she's a kind of a happy person. Amen. Hallelujah. She's just, man, I'll tell you what. Uh, whoever finds a wife finds a good thing, right? And obtains favor from the Lord. I'm telling you what, I live in her favor. Amen. I don't need my own. Praise God. Hers is better. Amen. <laughs> Hers is far better than mine. And so I just kind of get on the to- coattails of her, of her favor. Amen. And uh, it's glorious. But my wife is full of Jesus. Like I said, she was a missionary before uh, we ever met. She worked for 10 years with YWAM. If you're familiar with YWAM, a huge missions organization, Youth with a Mission, that's a global. And she lived in India, traveling through India, and then actually also lived by herself for two years in South Korea as a missionary. Amen. And so we met and the Lord brought us together and now we have our daughter so praise God if you if there's any more, there are any more. And that's just another one in India. That one was called the Festival of Hope and Peace. And that was up in a in a place of India where lots of Hindus are. And uh, once again, the Lord just is the Lord and does what he does. And then this is us in, in Nigeria this past summer. And I just like that picture because sometimes you get in, interpreters that just flow with you so wonderfully in the spirit that you can see we, we were just a mirror image. And, and that was just by the spirit of God. And so we were preaching to the beautiful Nigerians and, um, and the Lord was ministering to them also. And then this one, this is, I put this one in because I want to tell you the story. And what am I doing? I'm just sharing about our ministry because I really want to impart a fire for the nations. Amen. I want to impart a fire. I want to impart... A, 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 an eternal picture to your mind and your heart. Amen. So that the Spirit of God can minister to you in a personal way. Because God has people in every place I know that I go called to the nations. Called to go, called to send, called to support, called to pray. We're all supposed to be a part of the grand scheme, the great big picture of the kingdom of God and what God is doing throughout all the world. Not just here in Boise. Not just in your home or at your workplace. That's what happens sometimes because of the busyness or the cares of life coming in. They they choke out the eternal word, the, the bigger picture, the eternal scheme of things from the hearts and the minds of God's people. And that's not good. It's never the plan of God. Whether you're called ever to go anywhere or whether you're called to stay here uh, like Pastor Mark, amen, for to build a church here. Uh, whether it doesn't matter, but your heart is to be involved in the harvest. Because I can tell you this, that God has a perfect plan. Amen? Can someone say amen? God has a perfect will. Amen? And a glorious plan for each and every one of us, right? But I'm going to tell you a secret. Whatever it is that God has called you to do in your life, whatever the plan of God is for you, whatever vocation He's called you to, it is connected to the harvest. 
It is connected to the Great Commission. It is connected, in other words, to the big picture of what God is doing in the earth. It is connected. Amen. It's like this. If you want to see yourself in a snapshot, you got to be in the frame when the picture is taken. Well, if you want to see yourself in the big picture, the plan of God, and, and see the picture of God for your own individual life, then you're going to have to step into the frame of the picture of what God is doing all over the world. And in that picture, you'll find something for you. Amen. Because you are not disconnected from the Lord of the harvest. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, oh, that last picture. I'm sorry. Can you show it one more time? This was glorious. This is why I do what I do. Besides the fact that Woe be unto me if I don't preach the gospel. Honestly, it's all I can do. I don't have a plan B. This is what we do. But the other reason is that I get to come in contact with people like this and, and have an absolute miraculous life-changing experience one by one all the time with people all over the world. And so this woman... I was preaching in a very small sister church, a planted church out of the larger church in Nagaland where I actually met my wife. That is pastored by a Rama graduate. He's been living in Nagaland 20 years, a very close friend of mine and actually a co-brother-in-law of mine now because his, his wife is my wife's cousin sister. Amen. It was all a setup. Hallelujah. In fact, one time we have three friends, me, that guy and another guy, the first guy I ever met from Rama, and we're all very close friends, and we're all married to Nagas. It's so funny. So the first time I ever went to Nagaland, I went and I met my wife right off the bat, and instantly something happened, you know? So I, they called me up from another part of India. They actually run Rama India, and they called me up because I was staying in, in his wife's house. And so they called me and said, Brother Frank, and you know, how you doing? How's it going? And then his wife said something to him and he laughed. And then he said, okay, I'll ask him, dear. And he said, Brother Frank, from my wife, are there any prospects? <laughs> and uh, I laughed and I said, actually, there is a prospect. And he laughed and he said, oh, Brother Frank, you got to be careful for these Nagas. He said, first... They got Brother John. And then they got me. And now they're coming after you. <laughs> Woo, glory. And I got the best one of all. Amen. But uh, this woman. So we're in a church over in a remote area. This church is only made out of bamboo. Stuff like that. Dirt floor. Not to glorify it in any way whatsoever just that's that's the that's where it is it's out out there this woman was a hindu and she had set herself on fire three days before this meeting she tried to commit suicide and she poured kerosene which is not uncommon for the way they do things over there hinduism is disgusting and uh she poured kerosene on herself and lit herself on fire. But thankfully, someone saw her and came. And I, I guess she didn't pour it on her head. But if you could have smelled her 
And if you could have seen her, her, not her face, but the rest of her body, her hands were swelled up this big when she came to me that day because of the fire, the burn. And her chest was full of burn. And, and uh, up here, you know, her neck and, and her, and she had actually, so just tried to kill herself. But somehow or another, someone brought her to this little church on Sunday morning. And she got born again. <laughs> and you can see, look at her. She just, something in her, in her eyes, in her face. And I laid hands on her. And when I laid hands on her, the smell began to disappear. And new skin began to grow on her hands. Hallelujah. Amen. And so I just wanted to show her to you because it's just one of the stories of all the great stuff that God is doing for people around the world and here in America too. Amen? Through us. Amen. All right. I just have a few minutes. So I just want to show you a few scriptures, a couple scriptures. If you would, <clears throat> turn to Isaiah chapter 6. I hope this is okay this morning. Praise the Lord. You see, don't turn there. Turn to Isaiah 6, and I'm going to read. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14 says that, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge. And that word knowledge is a knowledge that is a heart knowledge, an experiential knowledge that comes through observing the cause and the effect of the glory of Christ. So it's not an intellectual, a head knowledge, a taught knowledge. It's an experiential knowledge that comes through seeing the manifestation of the glory of Christ. Not so much in the cloud or the smoke, the heavenly glory, the outpouring. I, I think in I prophesied something about an outpouring and an uprising. See, the outpouring of the glory, that's a sovereign move of God. Of course, God works in atmospheres and we can create atmospheres for the Lord to work in. But we can't determine whether or not the Shekinah cloud glory of God is going to come and visit us. And honestly speaking, I've been a Christian a long time and there haven't been many days where I've actually seen the Shekinah glory of God. But I have absolutely felt the presence, the weight, the power, and the effect, and the influence of that glory. Whether you can see it or not, doesn't matter. Whether or not we see something doesn't determine whether or not it's here and taking place. Amen. And so there's the outpouring, but there's also the uprising. And the uprising of God's glory is what comes from our hearts comes from inside of us. Amen. So, let me read this to you real quick. Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I want to make one point here. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. And above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two He covered His face, two His feet and two he flew. And one cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
And I'm proposing to you today the way that the earth is filled with His glory and the knowledge thereof is through you, in you, to you, and through you as you live a life unto the Lord for His glory, obeying Him, following Him, having your heart totally after Him, and being led of Him by His Spirit as you do these things, like I said, in whatever God has called you to, if you'll walk with the Lord in a very supernatural yet natural way, the glory of the Lord and the knowledge of that glory will flow out of your life and bring change to the world around you. In fact, that's how the Lord is filling the earth with His glory, is through His people. The presence of the Lord is in His people. We are in Christ, and by reason of that, Christ is living in us. Amen? And Colossians 1.27, which is the mystery of the church that was hidden for ages and from generations, but has been revealed now in the New Testament age to His people and through His people. And the whole mystery of the church is this, Christ in you. The hope, the expectation, and the revelation of His glory. Amen. And so you have to see yourself the way that you see Christ. And so I want to quickly show you that. And then I'll be done. But he says, here it was a picture of the glory in heaven. This was in the presence. And it says, the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with the smoke. And here's the man. So I said, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim, so that's Old Covenant, before a man, let's say, even in the New Covenant, before the new birth. Behold, now, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, the fire, the glory of God, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Hallelujah. A picture of the new birth. Amen. And he said, also I heard then, look at the result though. What's the, what's the outworking? What's the result then of this encounter in the glory of God? What is this? And, and you know, the Bible says that, that, that we preach the, the glory, the gospel of the glory of Christ. And so... What's the result? And he says, Then immediately I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, Go. Go. So what am I saying? That the result of the encounter of the glory of Christ in your life and in your heart coming into your very being the outshining and the expression of His life and His light. That's literally what came to you when you were born again. Yet you just can't see it right now because it's hidden in these, in these earthen uh, vessels. It's inside of you. 
But I want you to see who you are on the inside today because who you are is a reflection of who He is. Amen. Because the Bible says in 1 John, uh, as He is, that's now, present tense, as He is in His resurrected, glorious Life and, and body, His resurrected body. You know, we don't regard Jesus after the flesh anymore, do we? We don't look at Him after the flesh on the cross anymore. No! He's been raised in glory and power. Amen! And He has an outshining, and I've seen that outshining. And it changes everything. It's literally the essence of His life and His light. That's what His glory is. It's alive and it's come into you. And it's in your spirit. Amen. And the world needs to see and feel and know the effect of of the life and the glory of Christ in you. And so, I want you to see, look here real quick. You know, Haggai chapter 2, you can go there some other time, talks about the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the glory of the former house. And he said he'll fill his house with the glory. And well, we know in the New Testament that we are the house of God. Amen? Us individually and us together corporately. The church and us individually, we are both the temple the house of the Lord. Amen. And he said that in the latter times, I'll fill my house with the glory. Amen. And so look at uh, Matthew chapter 17. Just a couple more minutes. Look at Matthew 17. Because then I want to pray for those people. I know there are some people here that I'm to pray for. Matthew 17, real quick. I just want you to see a picture of Jesus. When for a moment of time, God allowed us to see the glory of Christ in His earthen vessel when He was as a man on the earth, filled with the life of God. Look at Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration. And I have seen this. Verse 1, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. Amen his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured. He was metamorphosis. He was literally changed from the inside out. Meaning, who he was in essence in his spirit, who he was as the Christ, the glory of God, on the inside literally came shining to the outside for a moment of time. And I want you to know that this is who you are because you are being conformed to the exact image of Christ. And Christ is the exact image of God the Father. The Bible teaches, but Romans 8.29 says that you are being conformed to the image of His Son. And so He was transfigured and His face shone like the sun and His clothes became as white as light. And what that is, is that it wasn't anything from the outside. It was literally His glory that caused His face to light up and shine with the sun in all of its strength. And then I can tell you even more than that, because really we're limited in our human vocabulary and experience here on the earth to fully describe the glory of Christ. But His face shone like the sun in all of its strength, and all of His clothes became white. But those white didn't come because of a launderer on the outside. It was the outshining that was shining through Him that caused His clothes to light up. Amen. 
And that's who you are. If you could see yourself like that for a moment, I'm telling you, from one degree of glory to another, you're being transformed by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. And you need to, my point is, in 2014, honestly speaking, you need to see yourself in this light. Because the more you see yourself in the truth, the more the truth will affect you and the more it will flow out of you. It's all about faith. And the more you think about it, the more you meditate on it, the more you give yourself to it, the more of it you will become like. Amen. Faith. Hallelujah. You can choose to believe this or you can choose to reject it. But it's the truth from the Word of God. Now look. I'm just going to read, it says, this is interesting, the same account of the transfiguration. You don't have to turn there, but in Luke's uh, uh, account, it says this, it's very interesting. It says the same thing, but then it adds this, and this is a key. In verse 32, it says, but Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep. Think about it. Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep, and it says, and yet, when they were fully awake, they saw His glory. Amen. We've been praying for an awakening in the body of Christ. We've been praying for an awakening. Because why? Because exactly a lot of the church has been asleep, has been slumbering, languishing, because of whatever reasons. And the church hasn't been walking in the fullness of the revelation of the Word and the truth of the Word, coming into the experience of it by faith. Amen. But God wants the church to rise up and wake up. And that's what it says. Arise, arise, for the glory of the Lord is upon you. Amen. Hallelujah. And so when we wake up, amen, an awakening, listen, an awakening brings the sight and the reality of the glory of Christ to you. Amen. So, if you're awake, you're attuned. You'll see it. You'll experience it. You'll know it. Amen. And it is very apparent. John had an experience. It says in Revelation 1, he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. That's Jesus now. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his hand on me, and he said, do not be afraid. Amen. Do not be afraid. Amen. So there is an experience. There's something that happens to us when we have a revelation and a vision of the glory of Christ, His life, His zoe, His outshining. It is literally the essence of God that changes everything. So a vision of His present glory will bring strength to your life right now. Amen. It'll cause the feeble hands that hang down to be strengthened. Hallelujah. When you receive revelation from the Word of the Lord and present truth as the Lord is bringing it forth by the Spirit, it'll always have a strengthening effect in your life and it'll cause you to rise up and walk in the fullness of the inheritance that He has for you. Because we are partakers of His divine nature. Amen. And that comes through the exceedingly great precious promises of the Lord. Amen? So I close with this. Look at 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3. 
I just want you to see this. The knowledge of the, Lord, of the glory of the Lord is filling the earth. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 3, a couple verses and then 4. And I close with this. And if the musicians want to come up, please. Thank you. You see, in verse 2 and 3 it says, You are our epistle. You see, we are living epistles. Our lives are telling the story of His glory if we're doing what the Lord, as the Lord desires for us. And I believe we are, and we shall more and more in this year receive. I'm telling you, I've heard these words that the Lord in 2014 wants each and every one of us to overcome, to conquer, and to abound. Receive that for yourself. I've heard that for a number of days now. This year, the Lord is bringing a fresh strength through the revelation of the Word of God in your life and your heart. There's a strength. He's strengthening you according to His glorious power, Colossians 1. He's strengthening you in your inward man so that you'll rise up and walk in the knowledge of this. And the Lord, through it, wants you to overcome, conquer, and abound this year. In all ways, spirit, soul, and body. So he said, you are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, uh, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Now look down into verse 16. talks about the glory of God and it being concealed and veiled from some. But for us in Christ, it says, now, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, when you turn, get a picture of this, when you turn to Jesus and you behold His face, as we have seen in Scripture here, you behold Him for who He is now at the right hand of the Father. When you turn to the Lord, the veil is removed and now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty so in the revelation of Christ comes freedom and liberty as you can literally see him in your heart of hearts but we all with unveiled face that's you and I my brothers and sisters we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed the same things happening to us transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord and as that happens in our lives we are changed from one degree of glory to another ever greater ever bigger multiplication increase of the knowledge of that glory comes to us and we are changed through the revelation and the knowledge of that in our lives and then when that happens it begins to flow out of us and so look at this in verse four, chapter 4 the very next chapter it says Verse 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Now look at this, verse 6. Look how this works. 
first to you, working in you, and then through you. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts, are in our recreated, born-again spirits. To give off, to be an outshining from our lives, to give off the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You see, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory, who is being revealed and all the creation is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God, for the sons of God to come into manifestation. And it is in this hour as we approach the end of time, as we approach the coming of the Lord, as we are gathering in the last great harvest from every nation around the world, including Boise and America. Hallelujah. It is in this time that the Lord is causing and desiring for the glory of Christ to be known and understood and revealed through our lives. For it is His glory that is shown in us. And so how do we do that? Look at verse 16. Same chapter. And this is what God says to us, all of us, any of you who may struggle in this hour. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Because of this understanding, because of knowing this, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. What's it working? What is God working in us, even in the midst of this dark and degenerate generation that we're that we're encompassed about all around what is God doing it said he is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory that brings influence into your life that brings the power of God into your life while we do not look at the things which are seen and that's what I want to close with don't look at the things you see that are contrary to this. Refuse them. Reject them. Cast them down. Don't give any place to them. No matter what they try to show you or say to you, you have to reject them. Because we are not to look at the things which are seen, but we are to look at the things which are not seen. Because when you begin to look at the things that are not seen, the things that are not seen will begin to appear. Hallelujah. That's how it works. By faith. Amen. Because the things which are seen are temporary. Someone say temporary. They'll be gone. They'll pass. As you focus on what's not seen. That which is inside of you. That which I just showed you. That Jesus has. That he's put in you. Because the things which are seen are temporal. But the things that are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. If you can pray for just a minute. And if it's okay, I want to call real quickly. People. Real quick. I've already told you before. If you're in this place and maybe the anointing is just on you right now, the presence of God. 
or you need peace you need the you need the oneness of the Lord the peace of God the tranquility of the Lord whether for your mind or for your soul or for your body or even if you're spiritually just troubled if that's you in this place today and you want to receive a touch peace of God right now. Just come quickly. Anyone. Come. Come. And as they're coming, Father, I thank you that the peace of God, the manifested presence of your peace is falling in this place now. Is filling this place now. We release it now. The shalom, the irene, that which causes everything that's out of place to be put back into place. That which causes that which is broken to be mended and made whole. That which is uprising and upheaving in our lives is commanded to be made still and calm now. In the name of the Lord. coming to quickly lay hands. an inner strength healing restoration renewal recovery and the fullness of your redemption right now to be stilled now in the name of Jesus right now saturated Father with your peace now heal every body restore every soul remove every burden 